you are listening to Pharmacy IT and Me, your informatics pharmacist podcast. Tony Dow and welcome to another episode of Pharmacy IT and Me. And as with every episode, we start this one saying that the intended audience are newcomers to pharmacy informatics. So today we're going to be talking about uh, types of wireless networks and this is going to be more of a technical episode. And the reason why this is important is because wireless networks are being used for a lot of technology out there. Uh, particularly, I wanted to relate it back to telemedicine and telehealth. So today we're just going to be talking about the different types. So the first one I want to talk about is Bluetooth. So Bluetooth, this is really common. A lot of people know what it is already, but just to remind you guys, this is a short range coverage uh, for mostly mobile devices that's connected to an ad hoc network. The network that's connected to, uh, it's like a small network, so it's called a PicoNet. So the selling points of you, you know using Bluetooth is that it's low cost and it requires very simple circuitry and it doesn't use a lot of power. Because uh, you know if you use a lot of power for some kind of mobile connection, then that's really defeating the purpose. So the uh, problem with it is that there's the ability to hijack the signal and then uh, hack into it. So there's like a threat of like something like spreading a computer virus or something like that. So it's seen a lot in hands-free units of cellular phones and, you know, also useful for smaller like wearable devices or biosensors because of that lower power and lower uh, cost of using uh, the receiver. The other wireless type of uh, network is infrared. So infrared waves they sit on like a microwave in the visible red light uh, of the spectrum so there's a considerable amount of like infrared radiation that's emitted from our sun already you know and it's usually associated with like what we feel as heat but how does that kind of relate to you know communications and how does it relate to using it for healthcare and stuff like that so um the infrared and wireless communication is can be used for the remote control of different things like right now you can use it for uh, home appliances so when we pick up a remote control, you know, to control like the TV or to control the stereo, that kind of uses an infrared signal so that it can uh, communicate with the sensor on the stereo or the TV. And uh, furthermore, the infrared can be classified into different categories. So there's the IRA, which is a uh, near infrared. It's used in things like night vision. Or there's also IRB, which is usually used in the wireless communications that use a short wavelength infrared. All right, so the next thing I want to talk about is something that a lot of us are uh, very familiar with, which is wireless local area network and Wi-Fi. And this is using the IEEE 802.11 standard, which is you know the standard that's used for the way that we connect our computers to our, our routers and things like that. So there's, you know, uh, some of you may already know there's the standards that include A or the B or G or N type of the 802.11. And um, they transmit the information through an access point and through a mobile client. So the mobile devices usually try to maintain a connection uh, wirelessly through that access point. And the access point can be like the thing in your house that connects to your router or the router itself can be the access point. Uh, it really depends. Like in a bigger institution, sometimes there's like the main network and then there's various uh, access points that's connected to the, the router. And then in those access points, it's like different areas of the institution, like different nursing units. And those access points are for when the devices need to find a way to connect to the network. And uh, if you already work in an institution that has wireless internet and wireless uh, fidelity, like Wi-Fi, stuff like that, you'll know that security is a big issue. So there's always like a potential for, you know, people sharing unlicensed uh, bands and people hacking into these wireless networks to steal data, things like that. So, you know, the, I, I guess it's kind of a similar to Bluetooth 
there are a lot of similar things between Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. There's just several differences in data speed and power consumption. So the next type of wireless uh, network I want to talk about is something I didn't really know about until more recently. It's called Zigbee. So there are small digital devices for uh, wireless personal area networks, which we just kind of talked about last week, the, the band body area networks, that comply with an 802.15.4 standard. And it's also very low power consumption, but you know they are not intended for intensive data transfer because they're actually a lot slower to transfer speed, or rather they're, they're slower to transfer data. So they're usually used for control and monitoring. And the way that they communicate is also through a certain type of frequency, but there's no global standard. Each uh, continent or each uh, country may be, may be having a different uh, frequency. So for example, in Europe, it's 868 megahertz. In uh, the US is 915. In Japan is 950. And it's 2.4 gigahertz in most of the other parts of the world. So it's really interesting that there's no standard. And it's uh, kind of like a way to kind of think about is it's a simplified version of Bluetooth. And it's uh, used in a something called a system on chip implementation. And it's super, super cheap. So it's so cheap that the transceiver is available for less than one US dollar per unit. So it's used in, you know, things like smoke detectors and air conditioning control. And now it's also used in body area network uh, types of sensors. And the next thing I want to talk about is cellular networks. So mobile phones, uh, cell phones use cellular networks and don't want to go into too much detail about this, but there's a, uh, there's CDMA types, uh, there's GSM types. So CDMA just stands for code division multiple access. And that's 1.9 gigahertz in frequency. There's GSM, uh, phase two plus, which is the global system for mobile communication at 900 megahertz. There's also 3G, which is something that we've experienced a few years ago, which is 1.8 gigahertz. And then there's also 4G, uh, you know, all those things. Like you, you kind of already know what these are. Uh, there's also something called PHS, which is personal handy phone system that's used only in Japan. And it runs at 1.9 gigahertz and it's used in Japan because of its high portability and low power consumption and the lack of a need for a SIM card. And that was designed for voice calls and data support up to 256 uh, kilobits per second. So, but they were kind of replaced by 3G. Uh, next network I want to talk about is broadband wireless access. So broadband uh, wire, wireless access is BWA. It supports uh, a lot of things at high speed. So you kind of already know this is kind of broadband internet, things like that. Uh, the properties of this is that it is suited for kind of telemedicine backbone support. What this means is that it's the medium that provides the main trunk line for interconnecting a bunch of different local area networks because of its like a high speed, super high speed and then high um, ability to reach uh, further areas from, from each other. So for example, a hospital may have several different buildings that have a network backbone in the hospital interconnecting different entities together. So one kind of main hospital, then you got like some pharmacy kind of far away, uh, maybe the medical school is far away, maybe, you know, a response center or ambulance is far away. And then it uses that network infrastructure with broadband services to kind of connect everything. Another type of network is satellite networks. And these are very sophisticated. And it's also very expensive because they are using satellites that are, you know, surrounding our atmosphere right now in space. So uh, it's really, really uh, expensive. They use the communication satellite, also called a ComSat, that's been predetermined orbiting, orbiting around the Earth. And the choice of the orbit for that satellite is uh, dependent on where they want that coverage area to be. And the way that it communicates is a point-to-point -point microwave radio relay, uh, which provides a radio link between two Earth stations. So what this means is that it's a type of like wide area network, but it also means that because it's like, you know, in space, it takes a far distance to reach us, then there's a lot of potential issues with environmental interference, like solar storms or something like that, that will interrupt the signal and then uh, make that signal unreliable. So 
even though it's like a very uh, robust kind of like large coverage area, there's issues of like maintaining that data link. And because of like the, the lag and the delay, this is not really good for things like robotic surgery or other kind of telehealth services that require an immediate uh, precise response. So those are the different types of networks I wanted to cover today, but I also wanted to mention a concept of licensed versus unlicensed bands, like frequency bands. So these different networks, they can operate in licensed or unlicensed. And uh, the difference is when you're using something that's unlicensed, the access is easier and the implementation is cheaper and the cost of acquiring a license is basically nothing because it's unlicensed. The problem with having an unlicensed connection or unlicensed band is the ability for anyone to access it. So there's a lot of potential risk for interference and uh, uh, there's no protection, right? No protection and uh, encryption on that data. Now, if you use a licensed network, you're going to be incurring more costs on the equipment that's being used to be customized to those exact requirements. And you may also uh, have to incur the cost on licensing, but there is interference protection. So there's an ability for it to kind of block external interference and then uh, guarantee that there's enough bandwidth for some of the key features that you want to use in that licensed frequency band. So there's kind of a compromise between cost and convenience versus security and operating environment. So hopefully today, I know it was a really technical episode, but I think it's really important to know. Hopefully today you kind of learned a little bit more about the different type of networks out there. And then you can kind of think about how these networks can be used in telehealth or just in informatics in general, right? Informatics and technology, um, how they can be used and what kind of pros and cons each one has for different types of technology. All right, if you like our show, please share with your friends or you can help us out by writing a review on Apple Podcasts or any of your other favorite podcasting services. You can also check us out on social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And you can also reach out to me at Tony at PharmacyITME.com. If you want to network, you can check out the Pharmacist Slack group at PharmacistConnect.com, which is P-H-A-R-M-A-C-I-S-T-S-C-O-N-N-E-C-T.com. There's different topic channels, including informatics, and I've met some great colleagues on there. And I look forward to connecting with you as well. Thank you again for listening. And I'll see you on the next episode of Pharmacy IT and Me. And remember, technology is a tool. Patient care is the goal.